This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. How I Got My Wife to Read Comics Episode 569 Can a comic book collector of over 30 years get his wife to read them? Will she let him keep them? Learn more in this podcast. Let's go to the comic book lounge with Mindy and Mark. DC shows its pride while representing Superman rips off Robot Chicken, the Super Suns loop around, Jupiter's legacy returns at the wrong time, and Rorschach takes a conventional turn. This is how I got my wife to read comics for Sunday, June 20th, 2021. I'm Mark. And I'm Mindy. Just a reminder, you can go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get our feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs, or you can subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and maybe leave us a review somewhere. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com, like us at facebook.com slash sfppn, follow us on Twitter at sfppn, check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn, or call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. We begin with two anthologies celebrating diversity at DC Comics. DC Pride Number 1 by Tinian IV, Nguyen, Orlando, Byrne, Alaya, Patridge, Tamaki, Reeder, Johns, Jansen, Lohr, Sturl, Grace, Stein, Brandt, Maines, Stott, Wheeler, and Vecchio. The Wrong Side of the Looking Glass shows the relationship between Kate Kane, a.k.a. Batwoman, and her sister Beth, a.k.a. Alice, and how Kate felt she could never measure up to Beth as a proper girl. That would only make sense once Kate realized she was lesbian. Time in a Bottle unites Midnighter and Extrano, the first out hero back in the New Guardians, who was recently brought back into continuity. In a framing story, Constantine runs into Extrano and hears the story of their meeting. Try the Girl sees the question rushing to save a lesbian lawyer who takes care of things herself. And Another Word for a Truck to Move Your Furniture stars Harley and Ivy as they try to discuss their relationship in the middle of a battle. He's the Light of My Life stars Alan Scott and Obsidian as the former tells his son the story of his first relationship and then meets his son's new boyfriend. Clothes Makeup Gift stars Jess Chambers, the trans flash from Future State, who's meeting Andy Curry, daughter of Aquaman and Mira, for a date. Of course, they run into trouble on the way. Be Gay Do Crime stars the Pied Piper, another early character that came out, who fights and then teams up with a copycat named Drummer Boy. Date Night is all about Dreamer from the CW Supergirl show and is written by Nicole Maines, the trans actor who plays the trans character. This is the first time this character appeared in comics. Love Life stars the new Aquaman, I'm sorry, Aqualad, Jackson Hyde, who's on a date at a pride parade. Eclipso arrives to make a mess of things, but the JLQ, Justice League queer, makes things right. Apollo, Midnighter, The Ray, Steel, who is Natasha Irons in this case, Bunker, Tremor, Airy, Wink, Tracy 13, Extrano, Batwoman, Shining Knight, The Tasmanian Devil, and Crush. It's telling that DC didn't need to bring in every queer hero to create a large team. 
DC actually considered a JLQ miniseries recently, but it got shut down during a round-robin online poll. And you mentioned Aqualad and said Aquaman. Actually, that's true because that character is about to become Aquaman in a title. Ooh. (laughs) Represent number one by Cooper, Martinez, Morales, Holland, Braithwaite, Sawyer, Battle, Jamerson, Williams, Roberts, Labatt, Stanton, Akalonu, and DeLandro. This is actually a reprint of the first arc of a digital first series showcasing underrepresented creatives in stories based on real-life events. There's no actual superheroes to be found here. It's a Bird tells the story of a black teenager out birding who's given binoculars that show him visions of black subjugation, both historical and current, with personal experiences to drive things home. Heritage is the tale of a black-owned farm that the next generation takes for granted until he hears the story behind it. Food for Thought takes a little black girl cooking with her dad, who becomes the chef at a local hospital. Believe You involves a mother who insists she has an illness, but is told it's just psychological, as far more black women than whites are, before someone actually listens to her. My Granny Was a Hero portrays a young black girl whose hero is Wonder Woman, but she scolded in a class assignment. She's supposed to talk about someone real. It turns out to be her grandmother who helped other slaves to escape by teaching them swimming. The lesson shows a young black boy beaten up by neighborhood kids before he trains and bulks up and winds up in the drum line. Fight Fire with Spray Cans shows a young black artist in the midst of Trayvon Martin tragedy who uses his talents to protest. Some of the stories may seem a little too direct to the point, but that may be necessary to change people's minds. One more anthology, Superman Red and Blue Number 4 by Wade, Bach, Manipal, Venditti, Martinez, Conrad, Hamner, Duke, and Canones. Name Repus takes us to the fifth dimension, where Mr. Mixplick is in the dumps. Everyone there just laughs off pranks, so it's no fun. He meets his girlfriend, Ms. Gitzplatz, and proposes to her with a peanut brittle can. The prank doesn't go off, and she's miffed. In flies Superman, who has decided to give him a taste of his own medicine in order to teach him that misbehavior brings misery to all. Of course, Mixie tries to get Soups to say his name backwards, but it never works. In the end, Soups fixes things with Mixie's girl and returns on his own, whispering, Tenect Kralk, Clark Kent backwards, Mixie's still mad that Cal took the high ground. Prospect of Tomorrow involves a space probe who needs Superman's help. This brings into question the whole concept of space travel when you have a guy, or many guys, who have visited other galaxies. The probe was sent to find another probe on the planet, we assume Mars. Cal finds both probes, plus Bizarro, stuck there under blue kryptonite. Superman helps them all out. Throughout the story, we hear Bizarro narrating, which is far more eloquent in his thoughts. A Little is a Lot is a basic story of Pa Kent telling young Clark to be an example overlaid during a rescue where the people help Superman out. For the Man Who Has Nothing stars Bizarro again having a nightmare where the Justice League hosts a birthday party for him only to mock him as a cheap copy. Turns out that Mixplick is causing this to prank Bizarro, but it really does hurt him. In the end, Superman remembers Bizarro's birthday and brings him a cupcake. Hashtag Saved by Superman mirrors a sketch on Robot Chicken. Surely the writer was inspired by it. 
a social influencer, jumps off the Daily Planet. Superman saves him. It's all for the likes. Of course, there's a bunch of copycats, and Superman is pressed to do his actual job while saving them all. He comes back to the original Jumper and explains to him why he should stop this. I'm asking you to think about who you want to be. Do you want to keep being one of the people I've saved, or do you want to turn into the kind of person I'll wind up having to save everyone else from? This seems like a giant leap from Instagram to supervillain, but okay. Challenge of the Super Sons, number three of seven by Tomasi, Carano, Rayner, and Guerrero. Seems this book is losing its way with all the jumps in time and interleaving storylines. Perhaps it's being written, as many books are today, for the trade rather than the monthly floppies. We learn that the ancient woman who gave the boys the Doom Scroll was Felix Faust's assistant-slash-slave back in the 1500s. She allows them to escape his clutches, then makes an attacking monster think he killed them. Back to modern day, and their next potential victim, Hawk Girl, who they mostly save off-panel. John is left with a lungful of poison, which Damien resolves via a clown with a lot of balloons. Hawk Girl wakes up and wants answers, which they can't give. If they do, a random person dies, so they fly off in the supermobile. Back in Metropolis, Damien pulls out a gadget Batman made for one of the crises to alert them of localized time displacements in order to find the old woman. It doesn't take long. They turn, and there she is. Unfortunately, Vandal Savage has a knife at her neck. There's a long section at the end of recent DC books playing up the Pride event and the characters involved. Although most of that seems to be aimed at the TV characters. I don't know. Yeah. Jupiter's Legacy, Requiem Number 1 from Image by Miller and Edwards. This is the third and final chapter in the Jupiter saga, five years after the last one, apparently time to coincide with a new Netflix series. Unfortunately, Netflix just canceled the series after one season. They plan to do other things with Miller World, though. So it's a missed opportunity here. The action takes place in 2051, by which point the kids in the original volumes are now the old guard and their kids are moving to the forefront. I think that to really understand what's going on, we may need to dig out and reread the earlier stuff. Keep in mind that the main players got powers and near immortality from aliens, so the first generation, or is not killed by their kids, are still around. There's a terrorist who takes over the global climate control system and creates havoc. The new utopian saves the day. We learn that 40 years ago, the superheroes took over the world. Eight years later, the supervillains won it back for us. Meanwhile, the kids are still bickering. One wants to use their power to protest the fate of the Uyghur Muslims, a current issue in China. Another wants to uphold their family traditions. A third just wants to do research. There's a sequence where Sky Fox is selling autographs at a nostalgia convention and winds up verbally sparring with a powered basketball star who now lives in Madison Square Garden as a private residence. He wants to help Sky Fox by selling his old costume, but Sky Fox refuses. Brandon, from the second generation, is being let out of prison after his sentence for helping to take over the U.S. He's found religion and is off to save the world. The original Utopian is exhumed from his grave in order to read his thoughts and learn about the island where they got their powers in the first place. And after jumping around in time, they make it to the room where it happened, only to see the original six gutted by alien robots. So is the first generation of heroes actually clones? Aliens? Huh? 
just a lot going on. Didn't even cover all of it. This is also the last interior work by John Paul Leon, who just passed from cancer. Now, there's a Batman Catwoman holiday special that was supposed to be out like next month, which is now being pushed back all the way to December because he was doing the interior work for it. Hmm. So someone else is going to have to take that over. Rorschach, number nine from DC Black Label by King, Fornes, and Stewart. The detective digs into the events at the ranch immediately before the assassination attempt. We see him talk to the kid, which must just be in his mind as she's dead as he walks through the ranch. This turns his documentation and letters into a dramatization, better for a comic than pages of text. We also see the detective mirroring the new Rorschach, a.k.a. Meyerson, with panels. Detective, hmm, Rorschach, Meyerson, hmm. The kid goes off on a long diatribe about two forces in the universe. Rorschach equals meaning. The comedian equals no meaning, leaving the squids as the inevitable absurdity of the abyss. The detective notices that the carpet in the main room seems to have been installed by an amateur. He pulls it up to find a large pool of dried blood. He also finds a bullet hole behind a painting. He reasons that a body must be nearby and the hard ground couldn't be used to easily bury it. He determines it was stuck in the septic tank and he fishes out a body. He finds a pager in the coat pocket and it miraculously still works. He calls the phone number and it turns out to be the office of the campaign manager of President Redford. So his team helped the assassins with their job and they killed the contact who brought ID badges for the convention to the ranch in order to keep him quiet. Herm. Announcer bot. How can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.